0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG-13. I'm a bit on the edge of the box.
1: Oh, it's a straight-up screamer.
2: Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1800 858 858.
3: Sports Day for Kia, the Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year, and LUMO SA, Aussie owned, made for South Australia.
4: Yes, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Sports Day. Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirst Tea at Char Time. Explore our ready made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. 822 If you want to get in contact, 0437 We will be with you. For the next hour, and so will the deadline of trade period. So, there you go. We are going to give you every update as it happens. Ben Hook joining you, joining me, Richard Douglas, on this, uh, well, a fairly wet Wednesday afternoon. Dougie, nice
2: to see you. Good to see you, Hookie. Yeah, putting your ordinary out there. But, gee, this is exciting, isn't it? Going down to the wire, uh, 7.30 Melbourne time. It ends. A uh, little bit going on still. We've probably got three or four, we think, uh, may still get through. Radigalia, Omira, yeah. Mitchell, potentially Lob Dunkley. They're probably the, were the five main ones. Yeah, Ollie
4: Henry as well. We'll see if um, we'll see if that one lobs. Hey, um, just before we get into all of that,
2: uh, did you get wet in the way in? Uh, a little sprinkle, yeah. It's. I, uh, I made
4: a fatal mistake. I have. I'm a bit of a tight ass, so I don't like paying for car parking. We're in town in the studio here, and I like to park sort of just. Uh, sort of east of Adelaide over where I can get a two hour free car park. Right. You and didn't tell me about and that. And then way. I just jog up the hill and you know, then I'm ready to roll. But well anyway, I wore the wrong shoes and I wore woolen socks, which ah. I look a bit of a dag jogging up the hill in woolen socks with um, with running shoes. But I've got the wettest feet of all time now. You know how it just soaks in. Is there in? anything worse? And the woolen socks have really just absorbed oh, the water like you wouldn't believe. Exactly. So I tell you what, we're going to be right on the edge of our seat for the next hour as we uh, try and tick off the trades as they come, but I'm going to be doing it with fairly wet feet. Hey, we'll catch up with Ebony O'Day as well. Looking forward to talking to her. Um, she is with the Port Adelaide Football Club. She's an amazing story. As a 17-year-old. I first met her when she won Rookie of the Year for Adelaide University oh. in, the, uh, in the Adelaide Footy League, in the Amateur League. So... Um, Uh, My word, she has come a long way, and she has an incredible story as well. Rides a unicycle, can do the Rubik's Cube in no time flat, Uh, and I've got a special trick to ask her about, so we'll uh, we'll chat to her. Hey, tomorrow night, of course, when trade period's done, we'll be catching up with Carl Viet and talk about uh, Adelaide United as well. So, um, yeah, disappointing last week. Down to 10 men, Wellington. They got the late equaliser. It would have been nice to get three points there, but um, they'll be off to uh, take on MacArthur away next weekend. Okay, I'm going to give you the list of names that are in front of me with what have we got now? We've got around about 53 minutes left in trade period. Um, Josh Dunkley, do you think he'll make it to the Brisbane
2: Lions? Uh, Yes. Yes, that'll get done. I think just... um There's 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 not a lot of love lost. These two clubs are not friendly right now, are they? No, definitely not. There's uh, a bit of pushing and shoving there. They can't seem to settle on it. But I just feel that he wants out, and more often than not, they get done. Um, just coming in though, Lockie Hunter is off to the D's to follow Luke Shacky.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's big. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get every, all 18 clubs and I'll just get you to give them pass or fail. We'll do that in a little bit. I just want to give you a couple more. John from Port Augusta on the line. I'll catch, John, I will catch you very shortly. Uh, the big one, I think from an Adelaide perspective, do you think Asava Radigalia gets to Port Adelaide? They have 33 on offer and Geelong have sort of turned their nose up at it for the last day and a half.
2: Uh No, I don't think so. I might be wrong, but I would have thought 33 is about right for Well, him. didn't you oh. just say that Lockie Hunter has gone from the Western Bulldogs to Melbourne for a third round? For a third Which round. Which quite incredible.
4: How, I mean, he's a first pick player yep. in the Western Bulldogs. Osava Radigalia, what did he play, two or three games this year? He yeah, was not
2: many. So. He was
4: barely an influence in a Geelong team. I, I still think Geelong are trading in bad faith. Hey, let's chat to John from Port Augusta. He wants to talk about the Sandford competition. John, welcome back to Sports Day.
1: Yeah, hi Ben, Dougie, how you think it, fellas? We're going really hey, well, say, well fellas, mate. Um, yeah, that's the way. Um, just on the SNFL, I grew up with it, I'm 54 years of age. So I grew up with it probably from the late 70s, mid 70s, when it was really hot, you know, like it was a bloody strong competition. Okay, I wasn't perhaps, the depth wasn't quite there, the then VFL. But a lot of South Australian clubs used to push. Sometimes beat Victorian clubs, mm. and I still enjoy. And I still enjoy a good XFL game. Um, I mean, um, yeah, um, I don't. I, I, I don't enjoy the AFL quite as much as I used to in the nineties and the early two thousands. Um, I I still, what like um, I think there's still a spot for them with the older blokes like myself and all the rest of it. It's still calling for the SRFL. And, Dougie, what have you heard about the old SRFL? Did they teach at the Crows about the former champions like Rob? I know we're talking about the best of the best. Yeah. Rob and Eva all those blokes. I, you know, they teach about those blokes and all the rest of it? Thanks, fellas. Good
2: on you. Good on you, John. John. Yeah, good call. Hey, listen, I, when I first come over, we were delegated to, we to individual clubs before the Crows because were the in. Boy. So I went to the Bays, which I absolutely loved, and I thought that was a real positive thing because I had to learn about uh, Glenelg's history and the footy club, and then you just learn about the other clubs. And you have to meet another bunch of boys and, and mm. get to know them. So I personally thought that helped my um, homesickness and meeting guys at Glenelg away from the Crows. Uh, that doesn't happen as we know now. They The Crows just associate with themselves and and don't extend themselves uh, beyond their club. So they probably don't learn too much about the Sample uh, and the history of it. But uh, that was something when I first came over, I thought they did really well, not so much now but I see why the Crows do want their development side so they can play their own brand so uh, things change and things move on but good call John. Yeah John makes some pretty good points too about the 70s I mean he's
4: a little bit older than me but 72 North Adelaide won Champions of Australia they beat Carlton um, to win the Champions of Australia title having uh, won the 72 grand final and then in 77 there was a competition called the Ardath Cup and uh, Norwood won that in 77 and that was kind of like one of those National League competitions as well. So yeah, footy in the 70s, I mean, my era was the 80s. I loved Sanford football in the 80s. I don't think there was better football than that competition. Of course, that was the era as well where South Australia would routinely knock over mm. um, Victoria in state of origin. So uh, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there. If you want to have a ch- conversation, uh, we're going to try and keep an eye on trade period. But if you want to talk about footy from the 80s, 0437-693060 or double o. Dougie? Was there a time,
2: was it the 80s, not many players from South Australia moved over to Victoria? Was there a time when it started to become more prevalent? Was it early 90s? Was that probably the
4: time? So there was a lot of players who went over in the early to mid 80s and the SANFL actually developed a player retention scheme. So the top South Australian players were actually being paid money outside of what their club was paying them by the SANFL to stop them going over to the VFL. And of course that all changed at the moment that... Port Adelaide tried to go into the well it was the AFL in name yeah. by then and of course uh, we had the the Supreme Court injunction and all those sorts of things right. and the Adelaide Crows was born so um, yeah ma- incredible era of football mm. I mean through those 80s to you know I still remember 1990 and uh, the vitriol that was going on between Port Adelaide and all of the other clubs let's just go we'll through a couple more quickly before we get to a break and then we'll bring Sam Fantasia in and he can just update us on everything that's happened today Rory lob to to, uh, away from Fremantle to the Western Bulldogs, yes or no? Uh,
2: uh, again, I don't think so. Wow, no, okay. Gonna, I think they'll hold him. This is going to be a bit of yeah, a
4: boring old run. Uh, Jaeger Omira, do you reckon he'll get out of Hawthorne? He had a couple of clubs that he was looking at, either Fremantle or GWS.
2: Yeah, I think that one will get done, and I think Mitchell will get done. So Tom, They're going to be flat out, Hawthorne, over the next 40, 45 minutes.
4: So Tom Mitchell, you think, will get from Hawthorne to Collingwood?
2: I think so. I think they've got enough... Uh, to tempt Hawthorne to move him on. And do you think Ollie Henry
4: will get from Collingwood to Geelong?
2: Uh, no, I don't think Ge- Geelong have enough to give up. Um, so I'm going to say no on that one. I think the other's more likely than, than Henry, but uh, I can't see, uh, yeah, that happening. That'll probably depend on a little bit of Radaglia and what they get. Uh, for that, potentially. Yeah. So that might be a little three-way trade there.
4: A lot to come, a lot of moving parts over the course of the next hour. You will get all of the latest if you stick here with Sports Day. 822 if you want to have your say. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au and trade up to continental tyres this trade period we are going to a break and then this trade period will be covered by our erstwhile producer sam fantasia so don't go away you're listening to sports day
3: sports day for kia the kia sportage drive car of the year and LUMO sa aussie owned made for south australia
4: Ben Hook and Richard Douglas with you, 0437693060 on the week's open line. Discover exceptional customer service. Week's homes discover different, 8223 0000. We are bringing you every latest detail on what is happening as the deadline for trade week is about to close in 42 minutes. We have brought in Sam Fantasia, our producer, With the Trade Radio update, it's thanks to Continental Tyres engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Sam, give us the update on what has happened so far on this Wednesday afternoon.
5: Well, to start things off, Chris Davies has spoken not too long Sorry, you're just taking a sip of water there, Hookie. I've uh, I've thrown you off. Uh, He's spoken not too long ago to Trade Radio with an update on where the Radical Ear deal is at. Not much has changed. Look,
3: we're trying. Yeah, clearly Geelong have you know have got the uh, the whip hand there. We we've had pick thirty three on the table for a couple of days, and uh, you know with with Geelong you know up to making a decision. So you know what's happening in our room at the moment. I think uh, we brought the old Test match um, you know board game in, and I think Anthony Parkins in there you know, batting at the moment. So we'll just have to see how uh, Geelong go.
4: Chris Davies, a former first class cricketer, talking up a bit of a Test match. Probably great uh, games! Isn't it that? is oh. mate. Magnificent. If Geelong don't do that deal for Osava Radagalia, they are just, the they, they have acted in really bad faith this week, I reckon. They, I mean, they've the done very well here, there and everywhere. Just because of the premiership team and you say, well, oh, okay, he's not in our team, but he's still a better player than most. I don't think, you're not earning yourself any credit points by acting like that. Just do that deal. He wants to go. There's a reasonable pick for it. Just move on. So I'm, I'll am i be really disappointed with 40 minutes to go if that one doesn't happen. Anything else today?
5: Uh, there's quite a few deals to still go through. So Josh Dunkley looking... What, what,
4: no, what has happened today, man? Can, have you got that for me? Can you tell me what has happened today?
5: Uh, let me just do a bit of padding here while you guys uh, take
4: over. <laughs> well, the I'll, I'll start oh, it for yeah, you. Yeah, Aaron, yeah, Francis, Aaron Francis, yeah. South Australian boy, he's gone to Sydney for pick 42 and Essendon have got pick 37 and Swans future fourth. So
5: reasonable deal? Reasonable deal. I yeah. think um, they've identified a need that um, was probably lost with uh, Paddy McCartan's filled in well, but they've said um, that they want to fill that intercepting defender role. There's actually some a good bit of audio um, here. Uh, pick number, uh, audio 24 just on uh, Kinnear Beetson from the Swans talking about the Aaron Francis deal.
0: Yeah, we were fortunate enough to be able to get it wrapped up pretty quickly um, before lunch today, which was good. Um, In the end, we were happy to just slide back a couple of picks in the draft. We're expecting at least one of those selections to be gobbled up in um, matching uh, the bid for uh, Will Ashcroft. So we'll come in one further. And then to get the deal done, we threw in our future fourth to just get it done and move forward.
4: There's nothing wrong there. Did you hear that, Geelong? Just get it done and move forward. Hey, So Essendon uh, will pick up Melbourne. Sam Wiedemann. There's a couple of picks going back and forth. Uh, do you reckon Sam Wiedemann can
2: cut it at a, as a key forward at AFL level, Richard? Uh, no, not from what I've seen. Uh, I think he's a third tall. Uh, but I like the Aaron Francis deal for... Mm. Ah, uh, the Swans. I think his best footy is elite, and his intercept marking is exactly what they want and what, I think what they get.
4: get. Um, Melbourne have picked up uh, a boy with South Australian links. father, um, played for the Sturt and the Eagles football club, Sam. Josh Shackey? Correct. Oh, there we go. Lawrence Shackey is his father, who was a champion of the Sturt and Sturt football club, played in the... Eighty-five, eighty-six season when they were known as the Kamikaze Kids. Yeah, he was a he was a star forward, uh, Lawrence Shackey.
5: He's uh, it's sadly interesting... passed away. Oh, did he? Mm. There you go. It's a, it's an interesting journey for young Josh. Um, starting up in Brisbane as pick two, then he moved on to the Western Bulldogs, and now he's on to Melbourne. You just see how he goes pairing up with Ben Brown, Dougie. What do you reckon um, he'll, he'll slide in? I think you're a big fan of this one. Uh,
2: I am. Good Seymour boy. Just very uh, next town up from where I grew up. But he is. Uh... Highly talented junior, hasn't met I would cut it at senior level. I think he's only 24 um, in a really good system at Melbourne. There's no doubt about that. They're looking for someone to straighten them up, Ben Brown, 30-plus. Um, so he's got a lot of development still, but his upside is huge. You don't go number two for no reason. Absolutely.
4: I'm going to put you guys on the spot here. I want to pass or fail on each of the 18 clubs. So I'm going to wheel through the name of the club. I don't want too much discussion. Just I want your thoughts. if they... Pass, trade week, or have they failed it? Let's start with the Adelaide Crows. Are the obvious ones? They traded out pick five. Uh, they got ranking in. They traded in a future third, and they uh, lost Billy Frampton. Pass or fail, Sam? Pass. And for you, yeah, Richard? I'll make pass. Let's go Port Adelaide. Uh, traded out basically yep. every draft pick until twenty twenty seven. Brought in Junior Rioli and Jason Horn Francis. They've got a couple of picks coming back, um, futures, but. Um, pass or fail? Pass with flying colours. High distinction. Yep. Very good. Brisbane, uh, they've got Gunston in. Uh, we're still waiting on the Dunkley deal, so we'll see how that shakes. But what do you
5: think? At this stage, a pass. But I'm interested to see how the draft picks all shape up for their father-son bids if they do end up getting Josh Dunkley in. You,
4: you're you very happy with uh, getting in Gunston,
2: yeah, aren't you? Yeah, Gunston's a really good get for them. Uh, if they if they can land both uh, father-sons, it's a tick.
4: Carlton have been reasonably quiet. Blake Akers is in.
5: Yeah, pass. Yeah.
2: All right, Dougie. Uh, you, you can't pass them all, boys. I'll you, fail that one. I don't think that's about added too much. A team that's on the rise, but I think they could have been a bit more aggressive
4: for me. Collingwood uh, have made some moves. Bobby Hill is in. Grundy is out. Frampton's in. There's someone there whose handwriting I can't even read uh, is in as well. <laughs> Collingwood overall? Yeah, I like Billy Frampton going there as well. Yeah, I, th- I think Collingwood have done pretty well. I think I think moving on Grundy is not too bad.
2: Yeah, I think they needed to with their cap space, so I think they've achieved what they wanted to, so that's a
5: pass.
4: Essendon, I think they got in Setterfield and Wiedemann.
2: Yes. Not
5: too uh, bad? Not too bad,
4: Aaron yeah. Francis
2: out?
5: Yep, yep. Free,
4: I've that's got fast. Jackson in and gave up everything for him.
5: A lot of things for him. A lot of things
4: for no,
2: him. you get Luke Jackson, obviously you're going to be a player, so you have to say that's a pass to be able to land him, but... We'll see over the years.
5: And we'll see if they get anything for Lloyd Meek as well, who's another one who's being uh, discussed third in the pecking order behind Luke Jackson and Sean Darcy now.
4: Geelong, um, I mean, the Bose ones obviously a, a win. Huge pass, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Hawthorne, uh, there's a bit to go there. Gunston out, possibly O'Meara and Mitchell out. So they're
5: going to be going to the draft. I don't think they got too much back, but it's it's interesting, given their list position, a lot of youth, yeah. then you, you'd have to can it depends what they get back for Mitchell and O'Meara and how they rebuild the midfield. I'd say a fail for now, but it's, it's a big watch.
2: Yeah, I think for me, if they lose both Mitchell and O'Meara, they, which they seem keen to do, they're going to leave themselves too thin for yep. experience, I think.
4: GWS uh, will go armed with a lot of picks to the
5: draft. This, yeah. oh, Doug, you go.
2: No, pick one. I think, uh, you know, they've got their sights set on a local lad. Hadman? Um, yep, big forward. So I think that's a, that's a pass for me. North Melbourne? Ooh. Dougie? Well, what do you say? I mean... I, I t- everyone says it's a fail, and I reckon
4: it's a pass. I reckon they had 155 and 66 with Jason Horn francis who didn't want to be there this year. Now they've got 2-3, 40, 43 59 70, Griffin, Logan, Tucker, and, an, and a first rounder next year, a, 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 a double first rounder. Everyone says they've done badly. I think they've done pretty well. Gold Coast, tough, tough. for Gold Coast. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to say a fail. Yep. St Kilda? Failed. Jim, your mate Jimmy
5: Gallagher. What's he been up to? Hasn't <laughs>
4: done much, has he? Uh, Sydney
5: pass. Yeah, they've they brought in Aaron Francis. They've identified a need. They didn't really have. They're, they're, they're there's pretty solid. there's some really good audio that we might play towards the end of the show as to why they've been so quiet this trade. Richmond, theory. yeah, big pass. Big pass. Melbourne, yeah. massive pass. Yep. They've
4: done very well, haven't they? West Coast Eagles, split two for 8-12, and 12, essentially. They're going to take West Australians with them, so not too bad. Break I even. didn't mind. Yeah, break even. And yep. Western Bulldogs, who we know have just traded out Lockie
5: Hunter to Melbourne. And they've lost Josh uh, Shackey as well.
4: Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian owned, with energy plans and great local awards made for South Australia. Off to a break. We're going to be catching up with Ebony O'Day from the Port Adelaide Football Club. And then to wrap up the show, we will bring to you everything that is going on live in Trade Week. It is Ben Hook and it is Richard Douglas, Sam Fantasia in our studio as well. Thanks for your company on Sports Day. We're off to a break on the other side, Ebony O'Day.
3: Sports Day. For Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. And Luno SA, Aussie owned. Made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day. It's deadline
4: day in the AFL trade period, but we are going to discuss the AFLW. We're going to do it thanks to Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. The Port Adelaide Football Club, they are in development mode. They've had... Some heartening results and probably will be feeling like it was one that got away against Hawthorne last weekend. Their defender, come tagger, come midfielder, come you name it. Uh, Absolutely the ultimate utility in AFLW football is Ebony O'Day and she's been good enough to join us now. Ebony, welcome to Sports Day. Uh, Thanks for
6: having me. Pleasure to be here.
4: Uh, Ebony, I feel like we've had a, a long-term footy versus media uh, relationship. I was there the day that you had finished your first season at Adelaide University Football Club, and you won Rookie of the Year. I mean, that just feels like 100 years ago now, and I assure it feels like that for you, considering you've been Premiership player at Norwood, GWS Collingwood, and now Port. Just take us through, the, I guess, a quick overview of the, the snapshot of your footy career.
6: Yeah, that does feel like a, a very long time ago that season. I think I was 17 or so so I was a child at that point. <laughs> but Yeah, now I played uh, local Adelaide Uni and then Sandville started up that, that same year or maybe next year and I jumped straight into there with Norwood, um, played two seasons there, a couple more seasons at Adelaide Uni, drafted to GWS, played no games, got there listed, ended up at Collingwood for a few seasons and here I am at Port for my first season over back home in S.A.
4: What's it been like coming to Port Adelaide? As you, as you said, you've seen a couple of AFL clubs. This is a start-up, so I guess fairly similar to what the experience was like at GWS. What's, what's it been like playing at a club that I guess is still finding its way a little bit?
6: Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a new club, but we do have a lot of experienced heads in and around the place, which has been a big help um, putting it together. But being part of the inaugural list was one of the inviting factors to, to come on over. It's been super exciting being the first in a lot of ways. Um, and I've had a similar experience at Norwood being there in the inaugural season, but mm. being in the AFLW and for such a historic club at Port Adelaide, it's just been like phenomenal to be a part of building something that's going to be really special and is already special at the moment, but it's just going to get better and better.
4: As I was talking about, uh, we, we met in 2016. You were winning awards back then. It's now 2022, so gee, times have moved on. Do you feel like you're one of the more experienced players in what's a very young Port Adelaide lineup?
6: Um, Yeah, I am one of the more experienced players. I'm 23, which puts me at, well, over (laughs) middle age for our team. We've got a very young squad. We've got a couple of 17-year-olds playing games at the moment. Um, And I think we've debuted maybe 15 players, 14, 14, 15, 16 players this season. So I've played uh, 25, 26, 7, 8 games, something like that. So that does put me in the more experienced end of the squad. But for... Players, uh, our male counterparts would—that would be one one of the best seasons for a lot of them. But yeah,
4: s- still a kid. The higher
6: end for yeah, output of you.
4: <laughs> hey, just tell me about your relationship with Steve Simons. He was coach at Norwood, where you played in that Premiership. There, he became coach at Collingwood, of course, and and took a punt on you. You must have developed a really good relationship with him over the journey.
6: Yeah, we did. He's been there since day one. with was the inaugural coach at Norwood over there, so he coached me for six or seven years just that He's uh, been with me the whole whole way through since I learnt to kick a football pretty much. Um, no, we've built a very strong bond and um, he did a lot, a lot of good things for my career between Norwood and Collingwood, that's for sure.
4: Was it an easy decision to come home to Port
6: Adelaide? Um, it kind of was. I probably wasn't getting the opportunities at, at Collingwood that I was hoping to get after three years of hard work over there. So when the opportunity comes up to to come home and be part of a a new squad and get new opportunities, um, fresh eyes of of coaches and new teammates, it was a very, very inviting situation. So I did have plenty of mates at Collingwood and had a great time, but when the opportunity came, uh, there was no way I was going to say no.
4: (laughs) You've cut your teeth as a defender. We've seen you have... um a crack at tagging I think you had a run with role with Ebony Marinoff in the AFLW showdown a couple of weeks ago. How would you describe... I mean, the your, your feature of your footy is your tackling. You're a wonderful tackler. How would you describe yourself as a footballer and where do you want to take your game? Do you want to try and become an outright midfielder or are you happy being playing across that half-back line and a rebound defender?
6: I'm happy doing a, a mix of roles. Um, certainly the early part of my career was almost tagging only. At, at Collingwood, that's just about all i did um played a few backline games here and there and a, a little bit in the midfield if i was lucky at times um but over here it's been mostly backline um and a couple of those tagging roles or run with roles with mids or even on forwards as well so I, I enjoy the mix i'm not too stressed about locking down a particular role or position within the team it's just whatever needs to be done come game day i'm, I'm happy to do any of it
4: Tell us a little bit about your, your family, Ebony. I know you're from uh, Springton, which is a tiny little town halfway between Mount Pleasant and Eden Valley over there in the sort of the southern Barossa Valley. I think your parents are Cherie and Ray, and I reckon they would have absolutely delighted that they got their daughter back home.
6: Yeah, they certainly were. Uh, yeah, so Cherry and Ray are my, my parents, um, and they could not have been more stoked to have me home. And especially mum's side of the family have been port supporters uh, all the way through, so... Uh, they were excited that I was going to be pulling on those colours. Um, and then I've got a, an older brother, Caleb, and a, an identical twin sister, Georgia, as well.
2: Ebony, yeah, this week, got the Ruse. Uh, what can we expect from you girls looking to bounce back and get a win on the board?
6: Yeah, certainly are. And it's obviously Pride Round this weekend, which gets everyone up and about. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're super excited to have that game at home, and it should be a great one. I've, I've played against Ruse probably six times in my... A few games, but they're the team I've probably played against the most. So I find them a great bit of a rivalry, and I love playing against them, and it should be a really nice, tough game.
2: And what can we expect from you girls this week? Obviously, uh, first year, obviously, would have learned a lot trying to come together as a group. What can we expect this week? Uh, a big performance at home, I expect. That's what the fans want to see.
6: Yeah, certainly, that's what we want to bring. Um, home games we love, pride round we love. So the girls are going to be going really hard. We want to play that Port Adelaide footy, that team footy, hard footy, So that's what we plan on bringing this weekend and I reckon we're going to be able to bring that and have a great game.
4: Talking to Ebony O'Day from the Port Adelaide Football Club, it's thanks to KO. Don't risk missing all of your team's matches at the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. Watch the T20 Cricket. World Cup on KO Sports. Ebony, we're going to play a couple of the uh, famous hits here that uh, everyone has been playing, but uh, we can't go past it. Firstly, your capacity with the Rubik's Cube is probably second to none in AFL football, M or W. How long does it take you to polish off a Rubik's Cube?
6: I think my best is low low 30s, but normally somewhere around the, the 40,
4: 50 second market. So, all three by three one. A, a minute. I mean, I, I look at that thing and I ju- it just completely accuses me. Doug, are you any good
2: with a Rubik's Cube? I lose interest after a minute. I just cannot get past two steps. There's an algorithm, but I just my, haven't looked in on it. My,
4: my brain is not wide for it. Doug, what do you like on a unicycle? Uh, never tried. I'd fall straight off. Ebony, uh, been to a world championships unicycling, is that right? Yeah, yep. That's the one. Um, just tell us, are you still riding that unicycle or have Port Adelaide sort of reined that one in?
6: Football clubs don't tend to be the biggest <laughs> fans of unicycling you know, in season. Um, I think in our contracts it falls under extreme sport. So uh, it, it's got a fresh wheel on it though. So it's looking pretty inviting in the shed. But haven't oh. done any big tricks, but like- it does get a, a little bit of use. Now,
2: can you do the Ruby's Cube on the uh, unicycle? Have
6: you tried that? Yeah, it can do that both at the same time. You're it's actually not much harder to combine once you've learned how to do both. You can sort of just do them together without having to learn yeah. that as a new skill.
4: If you trawl back through the GWS uh, social media pages, you will find Ebony O'Day oh, on wow. her unicycle doing a Rubik's Cube. But you're just riding along. I mean, I've seen you pull incredible stunts. If you actually go back through YouTube, I don't know if those clips are still there, Ebony, but there's some pretty spectacular stunts that you can pull on a um, on a unicycle.
6: Yeah, that's the fun bit of it. I, in those ones we're just riding, I sort of watch that and cringe a little bit because it, it doesn't get across what it's really about. The sport's about, you know, jumping off of stuff. It's like skateboarding. I love the the big falls and stacks, and then you land the big trick. That's the the beauty of the sport.
4: Uh, now, th- there's one that perhaps uh, your special skill that uh, not many people would be aware of. I know a number of your friends would be, but it's your capacity to know pi to some incredible number of decimal places. So, Dougie, do you even know what pi is, mate?
2: Yeah, i gotta add one from the bakery today. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I know. The, I know four digits: three point one four one five. That's about as far as I can go. But Ebony, Ebony, what, just what give have us just quickly
4: wheel us off. Say the first twenty-five. Twenty-five.
6: Well, I'm not going to know when I get to 25, but <laughs> tell me when to stop. Okay, I, yeah, stop. I know the first bit pretty well, but I don't know as much as I used to. Um, all right, we're four three three eight three two seven nine four good enough.
2: <laughs> Ebony, <how> much, <laughs> that must help you in everyday life, surely. How does it use that a fair bit? <laughs> That's incredible.
6: Yeah, it's not the most
4: useful skill, but I like memorising stuff, keeps me busy. Uh, Ebony, you are honestly one of my favourite footy identities. I'm so pleased that you're back at home with your family here in South Australia and playing for the Port Adelaide Football Club. Uh, we really wish you all the best. Only 23, so she's got a number of years ahead of her, Dougie. And uh, thanks for your time on Sports Day. And good luck against uh, North Melbourne on the weekend.
6: No, thanks very much for having me, Ben and Dougie. It's
4: been great. Thank you. Thanks, Ebony. Ebony O'Day there from the Port Adelaide Football Club, a true star and so multi-talented. Honestly, just Google her name and go on YouTube. Um, and you'll find these incredible stunts that she does. She does it around Adelaide University. She's bouncing off walls onto the ground, and she happily puts up her stacks as well. It's a, She is quite amazing. So Ebony O'Day, a star of the Port Adelaide Football Club. You've you got to
2: love the personalities that get around in the women's game. It's yeah. just fantastic, and it's great for the supporters and our young girls to see that. But she could have said any numbers there with pie, and I just would have had to...
4: Yeah, that's right. So I, I wasn't we'll checking check her off. But it, this is without word of a lie. She, I, I spoke to her last night just to say we're coming on air, and I said, just brush up on Pi. And she did say, look, I'll, I'm not going to brush up on it. I used to know it to over 100 decimal places, and now I'm down to 70 or 80. So I think uh, we got 25 yeah. to 30 out of her. That wasn't too bad, was it? Incredible. Ebony O'Day, our guest from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Make the switch to mate. Internet and mobile. 5G mobile plans from $40. Why wait? Make the switch to mate. Uh, we're taking a break. On the other side, we will take you right to the death knock of deadline day on AFL trade period. Richard Douglas, Ben Hook and Sam Fantasia to give you all the very latest. Do not go away. You're listening to Sports Day.
3: Sports Sports Day Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. And Luno SA, Aussie owned, made for South Australia.
4: We're inside the last 14 minutes of the trade deadline period for the AFL Trade Week. Week's open line is double o. Discover exceptional customer service. Week's homes, discover different. We have all hands on deck. I am Ben Hook, Richard Douglas, uh, the 20-whatever-it-was, best and fairest for the Adelaide Football <laughs> Club. What year was it, mate? Uh, 2011, 10, 2012 or something long like t- that. 2010, yeah. long time ago. And, of course, Sam Fantasia, who has had his finger on the pulse on Trade Week uh, all week, um, joining us as well. So we are trying to bring you everything we can. We're doing it thanks to CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Dougie, you are paying really close attention to it. You're trying to hold two or three conversations at once, listen to what is um, going on to TV as well. You think the Dunkley deal might be close?
2: I think it's close. Uh, Brisbane and the dogs are in... Uh, conversation on the phone. They're working madly. There were exchange of handshakes. I'm not sure if that means anything, but that if that looks like it's done, that may unlock the last few trades potentially with, Le- what, 13 minutes to go.
4: We saw Liam Pickering, uh, Josh Dunkley's manager, shake hands with Western Bulldogs officials. So we reckon we might see some paperwork for that very shortly. No news on Asava Radigalia yet. There doesn't seem to be any movement on Lobb, on O'Meara, on Mitchell, on Henry. We will let you know the soon, as soon as anything breaks. Boys, I thought there was something really interesting, and it sort of relates back to the Jack Bowes pick seven. Uh, it relates to the fact that The footy clubs that have high draft picks when you are Gold Coast and GWS, it's really, really difficult to know who to pick because often you've got guys that have the go-home factor. We've seen it with Isaac Rankin this year. We saw it with Jordan Dawson last year, both coming back to Adelaide. Jason McCartney had this to say. He's with GWS about the risk of taking uh, someone like that in the draft.
2: Where we were at pick three and I think I can speak on behalf of the West Coast Eagles as well too, people wonder why they'd move back. I know
5: exactly why they'd move back. The draft board is not what it actually looks like depending on where your club is. And if you're an interstate club and there's a lot of high-end talent from Victoria that's at the pointy end, um, there are risks associated. Go-home fact is real. Mm. And when you're going into meetings and there's there's already some, uh, I suppose, hesitancy around some players whether they could actually stay beyond the two years, you do get nervous. So I can understand why West Coast go back and that's absolutely why we want to get up to one.
1: So yeah, Aaron's in the discussion there and there's other players as well.
4: So I think it's fascinating that we've seen in the last few years, Bailey Smith, who ended up at the Western Bulldogs and Archie Perkins, who ended up at Essendon. Both of them said in their draft year, we want to stay in Melbourne. We don't want to be drafted to an interstate club. I just put this to you, boys. Imagine if Jason Horn Francis last year had have said, you know what? I want to stay in South Australia. Don't take me pick one. I want to wait until a South Australian club comes along. The AFL would have a meltdown, would it not?
2: Mm. It's uh, it's a thing that needs to be addressed. I think for the AFL long-term, it's a national game. I think, you know, Players understand that going into the draft, but now it seems like players have got far too much um, pull. So what needs to happen, clearly, and we've spoken about this before, first-round draft picks need to be five-year contracts. Um, I'm sick of hearing players want to go home. I knew when I was going into the draft I could go to any one of 16 clubs as it was back then, and I was more than happy to do that. Um, you need to, as a club, back yourself in have a strong culture, good facilities, good people to hold those players and you've got to really sell the whole club and the and the direction to the player.
4: Incredible career with the Adelaide Football Club. Was there ever a period early on where you thought about going home?
2: No. No. I, I knew within uh, four to six weeks that I was happy at the Crows and that was a place where I was going to be able to play my best footy and always felt comfortable. I thought the club looked after me and there was no reason for me to explore other options. I did it other periods in my career because I think that's a good thing to do as you've served five, six years. But certainly early on, I just really loved the place, loved the the town and the players and, and wanted to play at the club.
4: I'm fascinated by this because it does affect, you know, why would you bother trading out it's for high draft picks? Craig Cameron, who's from the Gold Coast Football Club, he also had this to
0: say about the go-home factor when drafting. We've seen a lot of players re- want to return home during this trade period, um, more than I can remember in one trade period before. Um, I know we like to make patterns of these things and maybe we're just going a year too early. We just wait and see how these things are going to unfold. But I think, I can't speak for GWS, but um, for, for us, I think it's always a consideration. Um, the player that we're going to select at the draft, it's always a consideration as to their attitude to moving.
4: Uh, Craig Cameron had quite a bit to say today. I thought it was fascinating the way he explained the salary cap dump. So for those who haven't followed it, Geelong picked up Jack Bowes and pick seven... From Geelong, they had to give back a second or second or third rounder. I think the other way, future 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 second. I think it might future
5: third, even yeah, even a bigger rot.
4: Um, Yeah, so I mean, Geelong did very well out of it. They just had to meet the salary cap, uh, which I think was one point eight million over two years for a guy who really hasn't played a lot of football. It's an astounding amount of money. Uh, Craig Cameron had this to say about how they came to this salary cap dump.
0: I mean, we 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 articulated our strategy uh, pretty early on in this process. I think the other thing I want to say is one of the reasons the, that, that selection or that trade may look lopsided as it does is because we don't declare salary and we don't declare an amount of money to that selection. And I understand why we don't, and I don't believe that we should, but there should be an understanding that that is part of the process and part of that trade. Um, what it's going to allow us to do is our forecasting for our player payments showed that in the next two or three years we will have quite a large salary cap gap where we can go to the market. We wanted to do that earlier.
4: Dougie is paying very, very close attention to what is going on. We're inside the last eight minutes. This is quite amazing that we haven't seen a lot of movement yet. Hey, I'm just interested in your guys' thoughts. In American sports, so long as your contract is honoured, it doesn't matter where you play. You could be told, well, we've signed you for three years. You're going to do one with us, and now we're going to ship you off, and you can do your other two on the Gold Coast. What do you think of that system, Sam Fantasia? I I,
5: I like it. Well, in in Australia, there's not as big – a cultural difference between say living in Melbourne and living in Perth. Whereas say in America, if you are drafted from LA, then you go to the Midwest Mm. massive, massive cultural difference, but they can be traded without consent. But the big difference is there's a lot more money on the table for those athletes over in the States.
4: Richard Douglas, could you ever see that coming in, in the AFL considering the AFL PA is dead against it?
5: Uh, I
2: could, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, but I'd like to think not. Um, I'm a bit old school. I think when you sign a contract, you should have to honour that with the club. I think, you know, it's gone far too in in favour of the players. They've got too much say, too many young players coming in now, picking and choosing where they want to play footy. I just feel for a Giants or a Suns or these type of clubs,
5: they just can't hold players. It's, what's going to happen in the future? Uh, just a quick one. Riley Beveridge from the A4 website is reporting Oliver Henry to Geelong is done. The paperwork is being lodged now. I'm not sure what the deal would be for... But I imagine it'd be centered around pick twenty-five.
4: That's what we think, isn't it? That's what's always been on offer is pick twenty-five, and Collingwood weren't interested in it. But maybe they've relented because Ollie Henry was adamant that he was, he was, he was going walk. to go to the—he he wasn't going to be returning to the Collingwood Football Club next year.
2: Well, that one fascinates me. He says he wants to go home to Geelong. It's seventy <laughs> kilometres down the freeway. Yeah. It's just—it's—it's it's staggering. If you want to, could still. He can live in Geelong and play at Collingwood. So. Yeah, well,
4: yeah, he can stay at oh. Collingwood and, and someone could buy him an e-tag so yeah. he can actually drive down the freeway and pay, what is it, six bucks every time you go down or whatever it is. So uh, so that one's done. We're still waiting on Radigalia. We're still waiting on Lob. We're still waiting on Dunkley. We think Dunkley's done. We've only got a couple of minutes left on air, boys. So uh, it's going to be touch and go what we're going to be able to drop from here. Let's just touch on a couple very quickly. Uh, Collingwood. Dan McStay, Western Bulldogs got Liam Jones. That's a really interesting one. Do you guys think that Carlton should have got a pick back for that?
5: For? For Liam
4: Jones, who hasn't played for two years because he refused to be vaccinated.
5: I I, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that just because it was an AFL-mandated policy rather than the club letting him go. Yeah, I think
2: in good faith there should have been a – A pick? I'm not sure what value. Third or fourth round? Third
5: or fourth round? It sounds about right um, from my memory. That was was a long time ago, Doug. In trade world, a whole week. It
4: it seems certain as well now, with as you know, we're five minutes to go. That um, your former teammate Matt Crouch is consigned to play at the Adelaide Football Club in 2023. Not ideal for him, is it?
2: Well, he seems happy to do that. So uh, that's all that really matters. The club. Said he's required and and Matt's happy to play there. So hopefully he has a big summer and uh, I'd like to think that they'd be open to certainly selecting him. There's no point keeping him on the list if they're not going to play him at all. So um, see how that plays out.
4: So, yeah, we're, we're really just uh, – it's spluttering along, isn't it? A, bit, a little bit surprising. I thought we might have seen a bit of movement. Aaron Francis did get done today. Uh, Essendon have picked up Sam Wiedemann from Melbourne. Josh Shackey has gone to Melbourne. Lockie Hunter has gone to Melbourne from the Western Bulldogs as well. And, of course, we think that Ollie Henry will get to Geelong from Collingwood. Uh, Asava Radagalia may not happen here. So uh, that's going to be very, very disappointing for Port Adelaide. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. We'll be back here tomorrow night. Richard Douglas and myself, we will... Review everything that has gone down in trade period, and of course, we'll catch up with Carl Viet, the coach of Adelaide United, as well. Friday night live from Mate Stadium. Thanks so much for your company, everyone. Richard Douglas and Ben Hook, you've been listening to Sports Day.
3: Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and LUMO SA. SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia.
5: It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.